Uh, Romans chapter 8, let's start reading in verse number 12. You follow along with me here. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. Now notice it's talking about the flesh, our body. For if you live after the flesh, ye shall what? Okay, but if you live through the Spirit, capital S or small s? Yeah, but if you, ye through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the Spirit, small s, of bondage again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption. Notice the capital S. Underline that statement, spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. Now notice the two spirits there. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit. That we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. For I reckon that, you, that the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willing, but by reason of, of him who hath subjected the same hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption in the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves uh, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. Now notice the word adoption and redemption. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? Now, again, I think uh, this is going to be a blessing to you. Tonight, I want to talk to you about spiritual birth and adoption. Spiritual birth and adoption. I want you to notice something, uh, and I'm going to need your attention. <laughs> I'm going to need your minds. For some of you, that's a new thing. <sighs> some of you don't have much to give, but I'll take what you got. Uh, I'm going to need to review for a moment before I can teach you the truth, but if I don't lay the foundation, you're going to be lost. So if you'll just bear with me for a moment, I won't take long, but I've got to uh, I've got to do this so that you understand where we're headed here in just a little while. God is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Three in one. He made us in his likeness. We have a body, we have a soul, and we have a spirit. God made us after his likeness. Body, soul, spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Now, very common, easy knowledge, correct? Now, the body, that's our flesh. That's this wonderful thing you see standing in front of you right now. Uh, careful now. I don't like it when a man whistles at me, all right? 
Especially these days. All right. Yeah, buddy. What was that? Uh, I'm going to pay for this fight. <laughs> I'll pay to watch this fight. <laughs> My money's on Scott's. <laughs> oh, anyway, now, the body is the flesh. Our soul is our, our mind, our intellect, and our personality. Uh, our soul is that which allows us to communicate with each other. Does that make sense to everybody? Too many people think that the soul and the spirit are the same. They're not. God said your body, soul, and spirit. Our spirit is that which allows us to communicate with God. Now, here's the truth. When man sinned in the Garden of Eden, the day he sinned, his body did not die. His soul did not die. His spirit died. Now, the body began a process of death, but it did not die. And God says, in the day thou eatest, thou shalt surely die. He didn't say, after you eat it, eventually you're going to die. He said, in the day thou eatest, thou shalt surely die. Correct? All right. So, man... Born in sin is body and soul with a dead spirit. That's why people need to be saved. Sin brings death. But here is the statement I want you to understand. Sin also brings death to the body. Sin then therefore brings death to the soul. Now, there is an eternal death. Revelation chapter 20, verses 14 and 15. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That is an eternal death. You'll hear the, you'll read in the scripture where it talks about, especially in the book of Revelation, where the worm dieth not. The worm being our soul and our body. Uh, now, listen to me very carefully. Sin brings death. It's an eternal death. It's not eternal immediately on the body or the soul. I'm going to shock you when I say this. Uh, people celebrate birthdays and we say, oh, you've had this many years of life. Actually, as we count living it's actually the years of death, not the years of life. Our years are a measure of death, not life. Because God says you're passed from death to life. Now, the body is in a process of death because of sin. The spirit died in the Garden of Eden. The soul did not die. Man didn't quit conversing with his wife. Matter of fact... He started blaming his wife and God. <laughs> well, God, the woman thou gavest me, she made me do it. Blame God and Eve in the same sentence. Uh, now, here's the statement I want you to get. God loves all of you. I'm not just talking about all the people. He loves all parts of you. Body, soul, and spirit. And God wants all three parts present in eternity. 
Now let me help you. First of all, salvation brings a birth to our spirit. Turn to John chapter 3. You'll get tired of this passage probably, but it's a very important passage. It illustrates it very well. I won't belabor it, but I want to show you a few statements here. And they're important for the Bible study in the book of Romans. And you'll see why in just a second here. John chapter 3, verse number 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be what? Born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Keyword there, born. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? God, I'm not sure I really want to do that. And I know my mama doesn't want me to do that. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of the water and of the what? Spirit. Small s or capital S. So that which is born of the water is a fleshly birth. What has to take place before a baby's born? The mother's what has to break? The water. That's speaking of a physical birth. That which is born of the water and of the spirit. Notice that this birth is a spiritual birth, not a physical birth. Key statement. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit, capital S, is spirit, small s. Oh. That means the Holy Spirit is the one that births man's spirit. That is the new birth. Marvel not that I say it unto thee, ye must be born again. Now, we have to be born in the flesh, but then we have to be born of the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, for us to have salvation. Correct? All right, turn back to Romans chapter 8 again. Romans chapter 8, verse number 16. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. How do you know that you are a child of God? The Holy Spirit bears witness of that. The fact that you got saved and the Holy Spirit moved inside you, that is enough proof of the new birth. You say, well, how do we know that, uh, how do I know that my mom and dad are really my mom and dad? Well, there's genetics. They kind of look alike. There's features. You can do DNA. It's called genetics. And God says when we get saved, we are regenerated or regened, and we get the eternal genetics of God by the Holy Spirit as he puts in us and he brings to life the spirit of man. It is his spirit that births 
our spirit. It's his spirit that bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Turn to John chapter 4. We'll go back to John. John chapter 4. It'd help if I'd get in the right book of the Bible. John chapter 4, look at verse 21. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, uh, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. Watch this. But the hour cometh and now is. When the true worshipers shall worship the Father in what? Spirit. Capital S or small s? In other words, people who are saved. In spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Notice the two different spirits in verse 24. God is a spirit, capital S. They that worship him must worship him in spirit, small s, and in truth, that's the word of God. Thy word is truth, O Lord. So, Romans 8.26 says this. Likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray as we ought, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Did you know there are times when you don't even know what to ask God for, but the Holy Spirit will help you? In the last couple of weeks, life's been a little exciting, a little crazy. There's been times I've said, God, I just, I don't even really know what I need to, to ask you for, but I'm just asking. And I think the Holy Spirit says, he's got enough on his plate, let me, let me interpret for you. And he went to the Father and said, this is what they need down there. And God provided. And God is good. Turn to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now, we're fixing to get to the fun part here in just a second. And I'm about ready to shout. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Look at verse number 9. But it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man save the Spirit, small s, of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we receive not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given unto us, which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual But the natural man receiveth not the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto them. 
Neither can they know them because they are spiritually discerned. Now, I'm not going to take time to go through and show you all the capital S's, small S's, capital S's, small S's. But you saw it as you went through there. There's a big difference there. Now, uh, look over at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I'll talk for a second and then we're going to jump right into the rest of the sermon here. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, look at verse number 17. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one, what's the next word? Small s or capital? Small s. So we are joined to the Lord by our spirit that was born of the Holy Spirit. Watch this. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, I want you to notice something. When you got saved, the Holy Spirit moved in. Here's the problem. Man tries to communicate with God with his body and his soul. But God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You're not going to talk to God with your body. You're not going to talk to God with your soul. You're only able to communicate with him through your spirit. That's why unsaved people don't have answers to prayer. There is only one prayer a lost person can have answered, and that is, Lord, save me. That is the only prayer God will hear of a lost person. That is the first prayer. Why is that? I'll show you in a second, because that's the new birth. That's when everything takes place. That's when a person gets saved. They're brought into the family of God. They're born of a spirit, and they say, hot diggity dog, we got a new baby, brother Ron. And there's nobody, nobody upset with the birth of a new baby. Now, watch this. Sin causes man to have a dead spirit, even though his body and his soul are alive. Man, left to himself, lives as vile as we're seeing in our nation today. Can I tell you what the biggest problem today in America, in our world is today? It is a spiritual problem, not an intellectual problem. It is a spiritual problem, not a fleshly problem. <laughs> Did you know until, quote-unquote, intelligent people told quote-unquote, unintelligent people that they don't know if they're a man or a woman, we had no troubles. It wasn't until the intelligent people said, well, you might be a man or you might be a woman or you might not be either. And they began teaching this in our schools. And they're teaching it more and more and more and more and more. And then they said, it doesn't matter who you are, what you are. You can just do whatever you want to do. It reminds me of a verse in the book of Judges. Every man did that which was right 
in his own eyes. Well, all love is love. I agree with love, but the word love and lust don't go together. You have a perverted definition of the word love. Now, sin causes man to have a dead spirit, even though his body and his soul are alive. We could go down the street, talk to somebody who's lost. Their body is alive. Their soul is alive, but they have a dead spirit. Now watch this. This is why... (laughs) Hang on, I'm about to shout. This is why religion gets it wrong. All religion, not Christianity, not biblical Christianity, but all religion is based on the body or the soul. It's what can I do to get salvation. It is my works. It is my my, uh, keeping of traditions. It's smashing ashes and putting it on your forehead. And walking around like you've been in a fire and smacked your head on a, on a beam. It's lighting candles and praying to saints and doing all kinds of traditions and uh, taking the Lord's Supper and believing that it actually becomes the body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus in your mouth. That's cannibalism. They can call it transubstantiation if they want. It's cannibalism. Hello? Uh, it's, you have to be baptized and, or you have to live a certain lifestyle or you have to speak in tongues and lay on the floor and flip and flop and say you got it, you got it, you got it. You can do anything you want, but all of those things are either in the flesh or in the soul. And a, in a body and a soul cannot produce a spirit. A body and a soul cannot birth a spirit. Just like two cows cannot birth a dog. Contrary to modern education. Two chickens aren't going to have a donkey. Say, preacher. Okay. It's no different than a body and a soul trying to produce a spirit. You cannot merit your own salvation with what you do with your flesh or what you do with your intellect and personality. There is nothing that man can do to produce his own spirit. And that is why, and I don't care whether it's Christianity, Catholicism, Buddhism, Shintoism, Hinduism, any other isms or schism in the world there is. It doesn't matter to me what name you put on it. It's either it's done by the body and the soul or it's done by the spirit of God in man creating a born again spirit. Your body and your soul cannot produce a spirit. It takes spirit to produce spirit. That's why man wants to rewrite Genesis chapter 1 and believe in evolution. God said after its kind. Oh. After its kind. 
Hello? Do you know you can't pull blood out of a cow and give it to a horse? The horse will die. Why? Because it's a different kind. Do you know you can't take blood out of you and put it in your dog? Your dog will die. Or vice versa. Well, it's blood. No, it's from a different kind. And the same is true with the birth of a spirit. To have a spirit born, it has to be born of a spirit. Not of a body, not of a soul. So a spiritual birth must take place with a spiritual being. All of man's religion are ways to merit a spirit by the works of the flesh or the works of the soul. Every one of them. Seventh-day Adventists, Church of Christ, Mormons, Jehovah's False Witnesses, you name it. Matters not to me what title you put on it. By the way, there's Baptists out there preach wrong doctrine. Now, you have to understand, man is a body, a soul, and a spirit. When man gets saved, he's saved by the Spirit of God, not by the works of the flesh. By the works of the flesh shall no, no man be justified. Oh, that's where we got into, this isn't by works. You're right, it's not by works. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not yourselves, it's the gift of God, not a works list any man should boast. And the new birth is a birth of the Spirit by the Spirit of God. Remember, only a spirit can conceive and birth a spirit. Only a body can conceive a body. Now, point number two. This is where we're going to shout. Why then, go back to Romans chapter 8. Why then, after we get saved, does God say we have, we have to be adopted as well? If we've been born, why do we need adopted? Doesn't that sound contrary? It's not, let me show you. Look at verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, stop right there. Who is that talking about? Saved or lost people? Okay, you sound like a bunch of Methodists. Saved people, right? All right. Saved or lost? All right. Now, at least you woke up. Okay, here we go. So, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now watch this. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again. Oh, what was the spirit of bondage? The spirit of bondage was when man sinned, he was condemned to eternal death in hell by bondage. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit 
that we are the son or that we are the children of God. Now, hang on. The word adoption or the word adopt means to legal action. Legal action by which a person takes into his family a child, not his own, for the purpose of treating them as their own child with all the rights and privileges of that home. Brother Ron, when you got saved, you had a spirit born inside you. It was eternal. But you still had a sinful body and a sinful soul. And that sinful body and that sinful soul were headed for hell. But because the Holy Spirit moved in, he came with a legal transaction to adopt your body and your soul to get you to the heaven. He said, I've got with me a legal document. Once you get saved, I'm going to adopt the rest of you and bring the whole, all three parts of you to heaven. That's why there's a need for the rapture. That's why there's... That's why we'll get a new body one day. Why? Now, we've been adopted, but we've got to wait till everything's done. I'll show you that in a second here. Hang on. But God, by the Holy Spirit, not only gives us a spiritual birth, but he brings with him the legal adoption papers signed by the king of the universe saying that your body and your soul will go with your spirit to heaven. Now that's enough to make you want to shout. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Say, why is that necessary, preacher? I'll show you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I want to show you something here. I shared this with a preacher today, and he was shouting on the phone. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Look at verse number 4. Verse number 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine on them. Wow. Now, skip down to verse number 10. Always bearing about in the what? Body. The dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body, for which we live, uh, for we which uh, live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that if life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh, so then death worketh in us but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe therefore, have spoken, we also believe, and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up also, uh, raise us up also by Jesus, and shall present us unto you. Wow. Remember, Jesus had to put on a body that could die. And the same spirit that resurrected him is going to resurrect us. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. Now you've got to remember, we are of our father, the devil. 
Our body and our soul are of our father, the devil. But when we get saved, we have a new spirit. But then we have to be adopted out of the devil's family into God's family with our body and our soul. So when we get saved, the Holy Spirit comes with a contract and he says, devil, I have the signed legal papers and I've got their body and I have their soul. That's why a Christian cannot be uh, partaker to or house a demon. Because you have been born and adopted. A demon is a spiritual creature. And the Holy Spirit and a demon don't abide in the same body. Only a lost person can have that spirit because it has a dead spirit so it can inhabit where there was no spirit. But if the Holy Spirit's there, there's no room for the demon to come into. It's already taken by the Holy Spirit of God. But he comes with a contract and says, I have the legal adoption papers because they just got saved. That means also their body and their soul are God's and I'm taking them away. You see, there's more than just a spiritual birth. There's also a physical and a soul adoption that takes place at salvation. Man, that's enough to make you want to smile, isn't it? Turn to Second Thessalonians or First Thessalonians chapter five. First Thessalonians chapter five. Look at verse number twenty-three. First Thessalonians five, verse twenty-three. And the very God of peace <coughs> sorry, sanctify you wholly. That means completely. That means all of you, the whole part of you. And I pray, uh, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice what God said there. He said your body, your soul, and your spirit being preserved. How could we do that? Well, your spirit was reborn by the Holy Spirit, but then you were adopted legally into the family of God with your body and your soul. So your body, your soul, and your spirit are preserved at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn to John chapter 1. We're going to look at three or four verses. I'm going to make a statement, and then we're going to be done. I might make more than one statement. John chapter 1, verse number 12. I'll get there in a second. John chapter 1, look at verse number 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the what? Sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of what? Blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. That's talking about man's spirit, correct? All right. Uh, turn to Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9. I'm going to take a drink while you're turning. It's just water, by the way. Uh, verse, Romans 9, verse 4. Who are Israelites to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory? And the covenants and the giving of the law 
and the service of God and the promises, whose are the fathers and of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all, God blessed forever. Amen. Notice the word adoption there. Turn to uh, Galatians chapter 4. Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Galatians chapter 4. Look at verse number 5. Galatians chapter 4, verse number 5. To redeem, that means to be saved, them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. Oh. So we receive the adoption at the redemption. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. Look at verse number 5. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Now look at me. There's a false doctrine out there saying that predestination means God decides who's going to get saved and who's not, and you don't have to do anything about it. If God predestined it, you'll get saved. If not, you're going to die and go to hell, and there's no chance. That's as wicked as Satan himself. That is a vile doctrine. It is not true. It is false doctrine. And there's nothing in scripture. You say, well, the Bible talks here about predestination. Yes, having predestinated us unto the children of adoption. What's that mean? Because the Holy Spirit, once our spirit's born, automatically has a legal paper stating that you've been adopted with your body and your soul. It's not talking about taking you to heaven. It's been predetermined, predestined, that if you get saved, he'll also adopt your body and your soul. It doesn't say that you're predestined to get saved. It says once you get saved, it's already been predetermined that he has adopted you in your body and your soul. That is what the doctrine of predestination is, just so you know. So... (laughs) Just so you know, it's legal. Signed by the King of Kings. Number three. And I have four minutes. Turn back to Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 17. Now, we're going to get all the way to the book of Revelation, so hang on. Romans chapter 8, look at verse 17. And if children, then heirs... That means we receive an inheritance, right? We're heirs. Heirs of God. And joint heirs with Jesus Christ. With Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Now I want you to notice something. Once you've been saved spiritually and adopted because you've been adopted... You become part of the family and you become part of the inheritance. Did you know you have as much available to you as a Christian that Jesus Christ has? Because he says that we become heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. I have one brother. When my father passes away, we are joint heirs. In other words, everything that my dad leaves 
all the mess in the in the basement and all the tools and <laughs> he's back there grinning at me right now uh all the boards that have been there uh, all that we, my brother and I become joint heirs we have to decide what to do with it from there equally everybody doing okay when you got saved you get to share equally with Jesus we receive an inheritance we we become heirs of God guess what God's not going to die but he's got everything that's pretty good stuff right there now hang on (laughs) turn to Matthew chapter 6 real quick hurry Matthew chapter 6 Lick your finger and stick it in somebody's ear. But Matthew chapter 6, look at verse number 1. Wyatt, don't do that to your mother. (laughs) Matthew chapter 6. He didn't think I was looking, but I was. Matthew chapter 6. Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets, that they may have the glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what the right hand doeth. That thine alms may be in secret, and thy Father which seeth thee in secret, himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for thy, they love to pray, standing in the synagogues, in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter in thy closet. When thou hast shut thy door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and the Father which seeth thee in secret shall reward thee openly. Now watch this. God doesn't say that if you do something that nobody should know about it. But you ought not, may I paraphrase something? Don't toot your own horn. It's not a matter. <laughs> it's amazing to me how many people want to do something. Oh, just don't tell anybody, preacher. But it's amazing to me that, that three days later, everybody knows who did it. And I know I didn't say anything. Well, I only told a few people, preacher. Yeah, but everybody you told told somebody, or you just told everybody you know. It doesn't, by the way, you can get your reward here for what you do. Or you can wait to heaven to get it. I don't know about you. I like eternal rewards better than temporary ones. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I'll finish with this, I promise. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. you got to see this and I'm it's just now eight o'clock so we're good first Corinthians chapter 3 verse number six I have planted Apollos watered but God gave the increase so neither is he that planteth anything neither he that watereth but God giveth the increase now he that planteth and he that watereth are one and every man shall receive his own reward according to his what his own labor God didn't say that you're going to receive your reward because of your own harvest. He said your own labor. For we are labors together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building, according to the grace of God which is given unto me. As a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. 
for other foundations can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon the foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. The fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, he shall dis- him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Now look at me. When we receive our rewards at the judgment seat of Christ, it's based on our labor. But it's not based on what we did and went around bragging to everybody about what we did. Because when you did that, that's wood, hay, and stubble, and it's going to get burned up at the rapture when you go up. You already got the praise of men, and you stole the praise of God. You already got your reward. It does not say that, uh, well... You did that with a bad attitude. I've done a lot of work with a bad attitude, but I still did the work. God didn't say that you would receive your own reward based on your attitude. Did you know I've gone so winning many hundreds and probably thousands of times not wanting to go? It's hot. It's cold. It's raining. It's miserable. I don't feel like it. I don't want to get screamed at. I don't want to get cussed out. I've had all those feelings like everybody else. But I still went. And just because I went with a bad attitude, does that mean I lost my reward? No, God said according to your labor. Not according to your attitude. (laughs) The Christian will never be judged for sin. We will just earn our eternal rewards, or our eternal inheritance. Now, if we do it, 30 seconds. I know a man that built part of a building at a church. Pulled me aside and said, now, I don't want anybody to know this, but I built this. I paid for that. That's well good for you. It amazed me how in a church of 2,000 people, everybody knew who built that part of the building. He told everybody. Well, I hate to tell him, when he gets to heaven, he's not going to get the reward he thought he was going to get. He took it down here instead of waiting for it to go up there. Everybody doing okay? So, God says we need to be born again. And our spirit is born by the Holy Spirit of God. But that's not enough. Because we still have... A body and a soul that is eternally condemned to hell. So when we get saved, the Holy Spirit comes with a legal document from God the Father and takes us from being a child of the devil to becoming a child of heaven with the spirit of adoption. Not only are you born again, but you're also adopted. God puts you in both hands, covers you up, and you can't get out. And the devil can't get to you. It is amazing 
What a wonderful truth. It is his spirit that beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm done. Oh, I want to talk for a long time, but I can't. We have so much to be thankful for. God not only gives us a spiritual birth, but he also gives us a body and a soul birth, an adoption. He gives us a, a salvation by a new birth and a spirit. He gives us an adoption for our body and our soul. What a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful God we have.